الحمد لله وكفى وسلام على عباده الذين استفى اما بعد اعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وكونوا مع الصادقين وقال الله تعالى في ايه اخرى يا ايها الذين امنوا اذكروا الله ذكرا كثيرا سبحان ربك رب العزه اما يصفون وسلاما على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا محمد ومبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا محمد ومبارك وسلم is there anything in the deen of islam that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made for us that can benefit us in this mukhalif mahal in an environment that is hostile to islam in a society that is hostile to islam so the first thing is that we have to get our tasawwur of islam correct the first way that shaitan and the nafs try to distract or detract or divert a person from the sirat al-mustaqim is by actually making them think because the pious person is not going to voluntarily leave sirat al-mustaqim for atheism or marxism or secularism he's not going to do that so what shaitan does is he puts a new type of he puts a distraction off the sirat al-mustaqim but he wraps it in the name of islam <laughs> And the person leaves the Sirat al-Mustaqim thinking that what he's leaving it for is actually the proper Islam. The ultimate end of this is going to be when the Muslims actually, some Muslims fall into the fitna of Dajjal. I'm going to show you the ultimate, then I'll come back. The ultimate is the fitna of Dajjal. The Prophet mentioned in the hadith that Dajjal will work, be able to work so many wonders that there will be Muslims who go to him thinking that this is deen. Not thinking that this is fitna. So much so that Makkah, Makarramah and Medina Manawar are the two places which are mahfuz from Dajjal. You cannot enter. Muslims will leave the sanctuary of Medina Manawar. That's mentioned. Muslims will leave Medina Manawar to join the Dajjal. They won't be thinking like that, that we are becoming apostate and joining Dajjal. They won't be thinking like that. They will be thinking that this is the way to go. This is the deen. So one way, the first way shaitan is able to convince us or our nafs is able to convince us off the path is because we don't have the proper understanding of what the deen of Islam is. And so we move to another side. And many times the people who shaitan uses people from within this ummah to create this distraction. So one example of this would be your former general, former president's enlightened moderation, right? It's neither moderate nor is it enlightened, it's neither. But it's a catchy phrase, right? And so you have the notion of modernist Islam or reformist Islam. So if you take this word reform, it means to re-formulate. You cannot reformulate Islam, it's not possible. How can you, only Allah, if Allah formulated something, how can you reformulate it? There's no human being on earth or all humanity combined, all the Muslims combined, all the geniuses combined, cannot reformulate what Allah Ta'ala has formulated. So the first thing we have to realize is what is it that we're trying to preserve and that is the original deen of Islam, the deen of the Sahaba, the way of the Sahaba. There's nothing about the deen of the Sahaba that is contextualized to the Arab peninsula. There's nothing about the deen. There's nothing about the deen of the Sahaba that is contextualized to the age that they live in. 
So first of all, we have to set the target clear. If we just do that, we realize that we're already astray. Before we even get into media and this and that, step one, we don't have the proper concept of Islam. I was explaining to a few of you who were there in the purification of the heart session today, that there's a misconception also that people think Islam is a deen of ease. By taking this hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, ad-deenu yusrun. And what they do, in essence, they misunderstand it, they switch it vice versa. Really what they say is that ease is the deen. Yani asani deen hai. Jaan bhi asani nazar hai, to ye bhi gunjayish hai. Jaan bhi asani nazar hai, iski bhi gunjayish nikalna. Jaan bhi asani nazar hai, to isme haraj kya hai. That's the classic. Isme haraj kya hai, what's the harm in doing so? That's not the Quranic mizaj. What's the harm? Let me do something and think what's the harm. That's not the mizaj of the human being that Allah Ta'ala is trying to create through the Quran. The Allah Ta'ala is trying to create, where's the pleasure of Allah? Don't even invite me to do something unless you can show me the pleasure of Allah. I don't care whether there's harm or not. Show me the raza. Show me the zikr in this act. Show me how this act can bring me close to my Lord. That is the question that we should be asking. A deenu yusrun means that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made the deen easy. There are several meanings of this. Number one, and I'm still on tasawwur deen. Number one is that compared to Judaism, this deen is easy. The laws that the Jews had were much more strict than the laws that the Muslims have. Their days, their sabt, or what they call sabbath, they cannot hunt, they cannot do this. And still in Orthodox Jewish communities in New York, they don't use electricity. You see them that day, they're walking. From Friday Maghrib to Saturday Maghrib, they walk around town. They cannot drive cars, they cannot use a microwave, they cannot use a fridge, right? When any najasa used to come on their clothing, there was no way to make it pure, no way of tahara, no washing it, it's finished. You have to throw it out or you have to cut with a scissor, literally, the piece which had najasa out. If on a plate, non-kosher, their halal is called kosher, if non-kosher meat touches a plate, they cannot wash the plate, they have to throw their dishes. There's still people in New York City I've met and actually gone to people's houses who are like this. And if for some reason some non-kosher food comes on their plate, they throw the whole plate out, they cannot clean it, right? Etc. There are other examples of that. Another meaning Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying is ad-deen yusran is that the asl deen, the full kamal deen, right? When you use ad-deen with alif lam, it means the kamal deen, the mukammal deen. It's easy. Because it has been made according to the fitrat of insan and because in the insani fitrat has been made according to the deen. It's a perfect fit. Humanity has been designed for the deen of Islam. And the deen of Islam has been designed for humanity. So when you're actually establishing yourself on the deen, you're actually recovering your own, in establishing your own very humanity. Third meaning, the ad-deenu yusran is that the deen is easy for the people who submit to the teachings of the deen. Following the deen, abiding by the deen is easy to somebody who submits to the teaching of the deen. In other words, following the deen is easy for somebody who adorns himself with the sifat of the mu'mineen. If you become a person of sabr, of tawakkul, of dhikr, of tawbah, of istighfar, then the deen is easy. Now what happens to us is that now, second thing, what is our reality? Why and what is our hakikat that prevents us from taking this tasawwur of the deen? Our hakikat is we don't have those attributes. Most famous, I keep repeating to you, Allah says in the Quran, that verily those who have iman are extreme in their love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
Now if you have extreme love for Allah, then the deen is a piece of cake. The deen is extremely easy. But we don't have those sifat. So because we don't have the sifat, we see the deen is mushkil. Now there were two possibilities. Either you reform yourself, or you reform the deen. Because there is a gap. Acknowledge, there is a gap. Now there are some people out there, and some of them are sincere. They are mis- some are misguided, and some are just misguiding. And some are both. Some are misguided and misguiding. But they will convince you to reform the deen. There's no need for hijab. There's no need for jihad. Interest is not prohibited. Right? Uh, you can pray without wudu. You'd be amazed at uh, the type of things that they will come up with. Right? You can touch the Quran without wudu. You don't need to read the Arabic Quran. You only need to read it in translation or tafsir. Everything. All the ibadat basically they drop you. No need for sunnah prayers. No need for witr. No need for taraweeh. No need for jamaat. No need to pray in the masjid. Every single ibadah just starts getting dropped until you're left with the bare fires. And these people, if you notice them closely, it's very difficult. They themselves may be able to do it, but most of their students aren't even able to do the fires. When you drop so much, it's very rare that you can drop all of that and somehow still pray, get up for fajr. You ask their students, they'll tell you, honestly, I don't get up for fajr. There are students on campus, you never even see them in the masjid. <laughs> you never even see them in the masjid. Even in Ramadan, I've not seen them. There are three, four of them. I've not seen them this whole month in the masjid. Not a single one of them. Allah <laughs> Akbar. Right? What do they do with that ease? If I'm going to carve out space for someone, if I'm going to create gunjaj for someone, it should be for something good. No. That time they would have spent in the masjid, that time they would have spent praying the sunnahs, that time they would have spent reading the Quran, they spend it doing all types of crazy things. Watching TV, watching movies, hanging out, loafing around. So what are you creating space for them to do? To waste away their life? To waste away time? It's amazing. So rather than try to change the deen to bring down the level of the deen, we're supposed to bring our level up. Even if you're not successful completely or initially, no problem. But the deen is the deen, I can't change that, right? I can change myself. I can, okay, even if let's be more honest, somebody says, I'm willing to change 100%. It's too much for me. Well, fine, change 20%, change however much you can, but don't change the deen one iota. At least you'll be mukhlas, at least you'll have sincerity, at least you'll be sitk, you'll be true. You'll be betruing to Allah, true to the deen, true to yourself. This is all that these people have accomplished. Before, a woman who didn't do hijab used to say, honestly, right? Now, due to these people on TV, a woman will just... That same woman, it's not like they've been able to convert anybody who does hijab to stop doing hijab. No. But that same woman never did it anyway. Now she has some religious certification. Falah, falah, sir, doctor, mister, whatever, says that hijab is not farth. So she feels justified. She's changed her concept of the deen. Now her guilt and shame is gone. How will she ever come to taqwa? At least before there was some hope. She had some reward, some regret. She felt some shortcoming. So the first thing is to be clear about what it is, what the deen is, what is it that we're trying to get. Then you will properly appreciate how many obstacles there are and how diverted we really have become. So the first diversion is actually from within the ummah. It's from within the ummah people actually presenting other versions of Islam to you. Modernist Islam, liberal Islam, democratic Islam, civil Islam, pluralist Islam. These are all proper words. You can Google any and all of these words, right? That's a problem, right? If you take any one of those, you're diverted. 
the same people will be telling you TV is okay, music is okay, movies are okay. I mean, there's almost nothing left that they think is not okay. Their list of haram is like five things, right? Their list of sunnah is also trimmed down to 27 things. Just a few things are sunnah. Shaking hands with the right hand, saying alhamdulillah when you sneeze, right? Doing istinja with your ajeeb. All of those things are sunnah. But to confine the Prophet that that's all he came, this whole structure of nabuwa was just to tell you to shake hands with your right hand and to say alhamdulillah when you sneeze and to eat with your right hand and to do istinja with your left hand and such other things. What type of... <laughs> how are you going to stand in front of Rasulullah on the Day of Judgment if you think like that? So that is actually the biggest distraction. Some of you may be picking up what I'm referring to and others you may not formally know this. But informally, subliminally, this is what has happened. Our deen has been dumbed down. Our deen has been reduced. So we have to get our proper tasawwur of the deen. And that is what I mentioned last time. If you read the biographies of the Sahaba, Tabin, Tabai, Tabin, Mufassirin, Muhaddisin, Fuqaha, Uliya, Kamalin. You read their lives and you realize you will see the continuity. You will see that when you pick up Ghazali, well, that's the same life. You pick up Adr Qadrizayn, that's the same life. You pick up Shafi, that's the same life. You pick up Ibn Taymiyyah, it's the same life. You pick up Umar Adun, it's the same life. You will see a continuity across space and across time. So you realize that this is a universal day. So the first thing then basically is honesty. Honesty about our limitations and honesty about not in any way trying to change the deen. Secondly then, what is it, right? How is it that we can save ourselves from these obstacles? Well, with some things, it's very simple. Some things you just need to disconnect. Some things you just have to pull the plug. There's no way that you can continue to watch TV and movies and somehow remain unscathed. It's not possible. People say they only watch news. You ask them, do you really, can you swear to me that you only watch the news? They'll be quiet. <laughs> They'll be quiet. It's not possible. I've never met any human being yet who can swear to me that he only hears, she only watches the news. If I ever was to met any one of them who would say that, I would say, okay, your newscaster, is she beautiful? Yes. So they just got you. You notice the beauty of a woman who is not married to you or is not from your non-marriageable kin. You look at her face, you look at her hair, you listen to her voice. Right? Are you watching the news or are you watching the newscaster? Ye jo sirf news dekhta bhi hoga, to wo newscaster ki ishki Khair, I mean not necessarily, but there are things even in the news that you see. Khair, even the news numbs you. You will, the more and more you read about these bodies and these killings and these bombings and the suppression, you become desensitized. You feel nothing. I said news slash five Palestinians killed means nothing to you because you've been hearing it over and over again. Newsflash, 30 Iraqis killed. Doesn't You don't cry. Newsflash, bombs dropped in Afghanistan. 20 children were killed. means nothing to you. You become the media is not just informing, it's desensitizing you. It does it to the Americans also. Right? The Americans are desensitized to the casualties they're inflicting on the world. But there's, the spin is that one soldier dies. Oh, you should see the news programs over there. Ta ta ta, and they, they give the whole like U.S. anthem and the flag and the name of the fellow and his picture and his family and right? Who went there with the intention bearing arms to kill? <laughs> he went fully armed as a lean, mean killing machine, walkie-talking the deadliest aircraft to bomb the deadliest bombs, right? 
So the media, there's no real solution other than pulling the plug on the media. It's very difficult to say, no, is there any way that I can keep watching TV and movies and somehow <laughs> still make it? I'll give you an example. There was a young man who went to a sheikh and he said to a sheikh that, oh sheikh, there's a particular sin that I do that I just cannot leave that sin. Is there any way is there any way I can stay on that sin but other than that I can make it so he said sure I'll give you several ways you're also thinking that's our kind of shaykh right I'll give you several ways not one I will give you several ways okay number one he said that oh young man whenever you do that sin you should go do that sin in some place where Allah Ta'ala cannot see you but that's it that's your way out. He said, Shaykh, where is that place on earth where I can do that sin where Allah Ta'ala cannot see me? So he said, okay, then what you should do is that you should go to some place where Allah Ta'ala will not know that you did the sin. He said, oh Shaykh, Allah Ta'ala is al-alim, al-sami, al-basir, there's no place I can do this sin where Allah won't find out. He said, okay, then number three, it's very bad to disobey a king in his kingdom. So whenever you want to sin, leave the kingdom of Allah, and then do your sin and then come back. He said, ya Shaykh, this whole mafis samawati wa mafil ard belongs to Allah subhanahu wa He's Malik wal mulk. He is the master, the owner, the Malik of the entire creation. How, there's no place I can go which is outside his kingdom. He said, okay. Number four, that is very disrespectful to disobey a being and then take something from him. So if you want to sin, then stop eating from the risk of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He said, oh shaykh, there is no other source of risk. If I stop eating from the risk of the in'amad from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then I will die famine. He said, okay. Then when you go into your grave and the angels Munkar and Nakir come to ask you, man rabbuk, man deed, man deenuk, man nabiyuk. And who was your Rabb? What was your Deen? Who was your Nabi? Simply tell them to leave your grave. Tell them that no admission without permission. <laughs> Rights of admission reserved. He said, Shaykh in the grave, Munkir, Nakir, how will you tell them to go away? He said, okay, then on the Day of Judgment, when everybody's Na'me Amal is going to be placed on the Mizan, just take your Na'me Amal and say, I refuse to have this weight on the Mizan. He said, Shaykh, on that day of judgment, how will I have that ability? How can I control? How can I touch the mizan, touch my name and He said, okay, then when it becomes decided, you couldn't do all this, and when it becomes decided that you will have to go to hell for some period of time to purify you of that sin, simply stand there and say, I refuse to go. He said, Shaykh, if Allah subhanahu issues the hukam that I have to go to Jahannam, how will I be able to resist that hukam? If Allah ta'ala issues the hukam, how will I be able to resist and go against that hukam? This is the way the Mashaykh worked. Now the anvil was hot. Now he said, young man, if you will not be able to go against the hukam, if you acknowledge that you cannot go against and resist the hukam of Allah, so why do you try to resist and go against the hukam of Allah now? And he said, Shaykh, now I understand, I will leave that sin. Someday. Now I understand, I will leave that sin. So, 
یہ دو رنگے کی زندگی دنیا میں نہیں چلتے دو رنگے کی زندگی اللہ رب الزر کے سامنے کیسے چلے گی Now, I don't know how long it's going to take me to fulfill that, but my niyat is there. And my niyat is going to be firm. I'm going to be firm on this niyat every night. Next thing is what I mentioned to you yesterday, so I won't repeat that, but it's keeping the company of the righteous. Allah said in the Quran, Kareem, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu kunu ma'as-sadiqeen. That you must keep the company of the true ones, those who are truer to Allah than we are. Those who are true to the commandments of Allah and the teachings of His beloved Messenger ﷺ, that company will save you. That was the whole talk last night. Next is when you're not in the company of people, when you are alone, I would actually suggest for the young man initially, try not to be alone. Try not to be alone. When you're alone, you're alone. If you're alone in a room without any internet connection, maybe you'll be alone. If you're alone in a room with an internet connection, it's not possible. Try not to be alone, literally. Try not to be alone or try not to be free. Try not to have free time. Because you are not yet at the level of maturity and responsibility that you can save yourself when you're alone or when you have free time. So must keep yourself in the company, only retire to your room when you're dead tired. Literally, I'm telling you for several other reasons, do not lie down on your bed until you are dead tired. Do not lie on your bed until you are dead tired. Do not lie on your bed until that you are so tired that you won't know what happens first. Your eyes fall asleep or your head hits the pillow. Until that moment, do not go anywhere near that bed. And when you get up, get right out of bed. I'm telling you baby stuff, but I'm telling you this is if you do it, it will change your life. I guarantee you. When you get up, when you wake up, get right out of bed. Do not loiter or languish in your bed. I'm telling you very small things here. Fairt, in other words, minimize the time that you were alone or the time that you were free. And if you happen to have to be alone or free, manage it in the way that I'm telling you. That will also save you. That will also save you. You want to be alone, come sit in the masjid and sit alone if you feel you need time alone to think about something or reflect. No problem. Do that in some place. Sit in a library, sit on a bench in the park or on the campus or on the lawn, sit in the masjid. No problem. You don't always have to associate with other people. Alright? Your food. You, I mean, <laughs> you might regret asking me this. Your food. <laughs> Stop eating outside food. Stop. Stop eating. Restaurant, hotel, kakana. The food that is cooked by somebody who is not in a state of wudu. The food that is cooked by somebody who does not pray salah. The food that is cooked by somebody who might be in a state of angst because he's underpaid. These things have asrat. You cannot understand this. Aplak parishanadatis chisya. Ziyada akal parchalte. I guarantee you these things have asrat. 
I'll give you an example of a very famous Shaykh, Shaykh Ahmad Sir Hindi, Rahimahullah Ta'ala. Widely acknowledged to be one of the greatest alims and Shaykhs of your area, India, Pakistan, his son, Sayyidina Fajr Muhammad Masoom, at a young age, when his father walked one day to the masjid, he saw that a whole bunch of shoes were neatly lined up in rows on the right, and a whole bunch of shoes were neatly lined up to the rows on the left. And when he went there, he saw from his kash that the shoes of the people on the right were the people of Ashabul Yameen, and the shoes on the people of the left were the people of Ashabul Shemal. These are categories mentioned in the Quran Kareem. The people of the right hand and the people who will get their book of deeds in the right hand, which means they will go to Jannah, and the people who will get their book of deeds in the left hand, they will go to Jahannam. So he asked that who arranged these shoes? So somebody told him, your young son, Khaja Muhammad Masoom, was playing. And this is what he does. He comes in the masjid and he starts playing and he starts putting some shoes here, some shoes there, some shoes here, some shoes there. So the father felt that this is too much at this young age to have such a perception or basirat will be too much for my son. So he called this, uh, he wrote to his shaykh, Hazrat Khaja Baqi Billah and said that this is what has happened. Khaja Baqi Billah told him that it's called Bazaar Ki Roti Kalam. Huh? ordered some food from the bazaar made by unknown people maybe غير متقي maybe غير مصلين fed it to him next day his shoes were scattered as they should be in a masjid no sorting of the shoes some of you will not be able to understand or believe in such stories so I ask you to practice it yourself leave outside food and see if it makes any difference. You just will learn by from your own experience. I issue a challenge. Leave outside food. Now either you have home cooked food or if you're Majibur, if you're on campus, I would say eat at the PDC, which is the proper university cafeteria. And they're actually quite good people those chefs. But right? My own personal experience is that the PDC food is perfectly fine. From this perspective. I don't know why you guys don't like it. I loved it. I missed the PDC. I missed the days when I used to eat at the PDC regularly. It's the university cafeteria. Right? Don't eat outside food. Try it. See if it makes a difference. You will see. Inshallah. I'm going to mention more things to you. All of these things, obviously, you're not all going to be able to do all of them instantly. Some of you will be able to do some of them even partially. So that's why I'm mentioning a whole laundry list of things. But then, who knows what will be an easy beginning for you? Leave outside food again. Don't be alone or don't be free. Keep good company. Don't watch TV and movies, and DVDs and VCDs and etc. Leave music. <laughs> Leave music. There's six Sahih hadith in which the Prophet mentioned the prohibition of music. I will give you two of them. Number one is that towards the end of time, four things will be prevalent amongst my in my ummah. The Prophet said, four things will be widespread in my ummah: zina, riba. Liquor and music. Zina is haram, everybody knows. Riba is haram, everybody knows. Liquor, sharab is haram, everybody knows. Music is not there because it's jais. <laughs> music is there obviously because it's also haram. There's a problem there. Right? 
Music also numbs your heart. That person who listens to music and gets itminan from music is made mahroom from getting itminan from the Quran al-Kareem. Music gives you itminan in majazi, a false, fake, temporary sukoon. The Quran and Salah give you itminan in hakiki. If you give yourself to the false itminan, you will become mahroom of the true itminan. Number one reason why we are not able to feel anything in our prayer or we don't even desire to pray. You should, when you are sad or depressed or feeling down, you should get up and put, lay out your masala and pray two rakats and ten minutes will be cured. But you will say honestly, nothing, I'll do that, nothing happens to me. You're not getting the itminan from your salah. Why? Because Allah Ta'ala is saying that you've chosen in your life to take your itminan from elsewhere. Either you take it from music or you take it from movies or you take it from girls. So the more and more you take itminan from false sources, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will remove your ability to take itminan from true sources. I'll give you an example. When somebody is sitting around in the dorm or in their room or with their buddies and they're kind of depressed, they cannot handle it. It's probably You're watching the DVD. Two hours of your life. I'm not even going to say two hours of your time. Two hours of your life you give to that movie. Thinking that you will get itminan. The second the movie ends, bicheni is bumpus. Second it ends. Right? What type of itminan is that? It doesn't even last you five seconds. You gave it two hours, it could not last you five seconds. If you learned how to pray your salah properly, you would spend ten minutes on the masala. That would give you itminan for days. That is itminan hakiki. You would read a bit, one half part of the Quran, it would last you for three hours. It would last you for ten hours. This activity you do for two hours and it doesn't even last you more than a minute. You do some sin with yourself, to yourself, with someone. The second the sin is over, bicheni. The pleasure doesn't last you more than three seconds. Complete shame, remorse, weakness, apathy, laziness. And then you just sit there and wallow in your laziness. We don't really, the things we do have no lasting effect. It's false, it's manan, false. Allah Ta'ala wants you to take it manan from His hakiki sources. Take it manan from His ibadah, from His Quran, from tilawat, from dhikr, from dua, from salah, from istighfar, from durood. Learn. Make dua to Allah Ta'ala from Allah. Ya Rabbi Kareem, mujhe bhi in cheezo se it manan hasil karna ka raas sikhaye. Mujhe bhi sajda ka surur naseeb firmaye. I also want itminan hakiki. I'm tired of living this false fake life. I'm tired of wasting my life day in and day out in front of you. I also want the real lut of this life. The halawat of iman, the lizzat of ibadat. So you have to start chipping away. If you keep chipping away, Allah Ta'ala will make the mountain fall. Literally, you have a pickaxe. That is our reality. We have a pickaxe. You know pickaxe? A little rock hammer, I will call it. Rock hammer. You can just chip away. You can take out some pebbles. No problem. Allah Ta'ala is going to take down the mountain. You cannot take down the mountain. Allah Ta'ala says several places in the Quran al-Kareem. You owe just Imam last night. That none of you will be able to purify themselves except through the mercy of Allah. So Allah Ta'ala just wants to see the beginnings, He just wants to see the ikhlas. 
He just wants to see up lage, like a majnoon, even though you know pahare. I peer me up near rock camera, it's up lage. Up lage enough, then after some time Allah Ta'ala will drop the mountain. He's going to do the job for you. You just have to try, reach out to him, yearn for him. This is what Allah Subhanahu Taala says in the Hadith Qudsi, the Prophet said that Allah says that I am my servant as he strives to come near to me. If he comes to me a handspan, I come to him an arm's length. فَإِنْ أَتَانِ يَمْشِي If he comes to me walking, فَأَتَيْتُهُ هَرْوَلَ I come to him running. So Allah Subhanahu wants to see just those footsteps. Even if you say, I can't manage the footsteps, Allah wants to see you drag yourself. If you say, I can't drag myself, I'm being dragged in the other direction, Allah wants to see you looking back. <laughs> looking at Him. Anything, whatever you can do, do it. Do not think that I should only do it if I will have complete success. Never. You will never start. There's nothing in this world that you can start on that shart. That I will only start something if I'm granted perfection and constancy at the outset. Never. There's nothing like that in the world. Do you remember the first time you drove in your life, the very first time you sat in that seat? Were you a perfect driver? No way. <laughs> did that stop you in any way? Anything you did in your life, were you perfect at it the first time? No. So make a beginning. Let that beginning be nakis. Let it be deficient. Let it be insufficient. Let it be failure. It's still an effort. So you just have to start chipping away. Once you start chipping away and you're sincere, and what's the sign of sincerity? Is that the hammer is going to drop. You're going to slip back into that sin. It will happen. Illa mashallah. Unless you're very strong and you're able to get yourself out in one shot. Most of us aren't that strong to get ourselves off in one shot. So we'll get ourselves off and fall back in. That is going to be the test of the class. What will you do when you fall back in? What you do is pick up the hammer again and start chipping again. That is ikhlas. Not the success, just getting up. The way I normally explain it to the Lamskins is like a boxer. The coach does not care whether the boxer wins or loses. The coach will only get upset if the coach for his fighter in the ring, if his fighter gets knocked down and he doesn't get up back up again to fight the good fight. As long as his fighter gets back up again, if it's only to get knocked down again, even if you spend your whole life like this, if you spend your whole life that I get up, I got knocked down by my nafs. I got up again, I got knocked down by my nafs. I got up again, I got knocked down by my nafs. If you spend your whole life like that, you will go into Jannah. The day you sit and you lay down and you let your nafs win, you let it knock you out, you don't get back up, that is the day that you start, oh, Allah Akbar, the dinzul is also extreme. Then the young man who falls into complete nuzul, Allah Akbar Kabira. Music does nothing. We're talking zina. We're talking prostitutes. If I was to ever give a complete history of what I've been told in three years here. Prostitutes. You'll never know by seeing them. I would never have known by seeing them. You'll never know. When the nuzul happens, Allahu Akbar Kabira, oh, drops down to such a low level, you can hardly even call it humanity. It has no dignity, no izzat. That's what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran al-Kareem. أُولَٰئِكَ كَالْآنْآمْ بَلْهُمْ أَذَالَ أُولَٰئِكَ هُمُ الْغَافِلُونَ That they are like animals. بَلْهُمْ أَذَالَ In fact, they are more zaleel. 
you have this Urdu word. And aap log iske zabardast istamal me kerte hain. Ula'ika kal an'am, they are like animals. Balhum azal, they are even more zilil than animals. Ula'ika humul ghafilun, they are the people of a ghaflat. Who have chosen to be ghafil from their Lord, ghafil from their deen, ghafil from their Nabi al-Kareem, ghafil from the Kitab al-Kareem. But alhamdulillah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy is always there. As long as you have iman in your heart, even if it's just one drop of iman, you can always get back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Always. There's never any station. There's no matter how low you go, no matter how deep into the depths of sin and ghaflat we may dive, we can never dive deep enough such that we are beyond the range of Allah's mercy. As long as you keep some flicker or drop of iman in your heart. So for that person who's really struggling, then what that person has to do is this sobat. You have to keep yourself connected. As long as you keep yourself connected, you keep getting this little dose, that little pilot light of iman will stay alive. Even if you're not able to light the flames yet, don't lose the pilot light at least. If you can keep the pilot light alive, keep the pilot light running, then inshallah aziz, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala eventually from that pilot light will light one flame, then another flame, then a whole furnace of the deen of Islam in our life. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the ability. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put us in His hifaza. May He save us from sin. May He guide us where we fall astray. وَآخِرِ الدَّعْوَانَ أَنَ الْحَمْدَ لِلَّهِ لَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ سُبْحَانَ لَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ اللَّهُمَ صَلِّيَ عَلَىٰ سِلَىٰ مُحَمَّدِ وَعَلَىٰ آلِ سِلَىٰ مُحَمَّدِ وَمَبَارِكُ سَلَىٰ رَبَّنَا ظَلَمْنَا أَنفُسَنَا وَإِن لَمْ تَكْفِرْ لَنَا وَتَرْحَمْنَا لَنَكُونَنَّا مَنَ الْخَاسِرِينَ Ya Allah, Ya Rabbi Kareem, Ya Allah, we ask you to change our lives. Ya Allah, we ask you to change our days, change our nights. Ya Allah, we ask you to change us and grant us the proper, correct, the sober of the deen. Ya Allah, place in our heart a love for the deen of the Sahaba Kiram. Place in our heart a love for the deen of Nabi Kareem, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ya Allah, Ya Rabbi Kareem, we ask you to grant us ilm and nafi, knowledge and benefits. We ask you to remove us from our jihala, from our ignorance. Ya Rabbi Kareem, Ya Allah, we ask you to grant us a life of, we ask you to grant us a life of dhikr and remove us from all of our ghafla. Ya Rabbi Kareem, we are sick and tired of ourselves. We are sick and tired of our hypocrisies. Ya Allah, we repent to you for our sins. Ya Allah, we repent to you for our ignorance. Ya Rabbi Kareem, we repent to you for our heedlessness and our absent-mindedness. Ya Allah, we ask you to give us that life in which we remember you each and every moment of our day, each and every moment of our night. Ya Allah, grant us a qalb al-zakira, a heart that remembers you. Grant us a qalb al-khashia, a heart that is fearful of displeasing you. Ya Allah, Ya Rabbi Kareem, grant us a lisan al-zakira, a tongue that remembers you. A lisan al-khashia, a tongue that is fearful of displeasing you. Ya Rabbi Kareem, we ask you to enable us to gain mastery over our nafs, mastery over ourselves. Ya Allah, save us from being overpowered by our nafs. Ya Allah, Ya Rabbi Kareem, we ask you to keep us away from all the sins that we do. Keep, ask, we ask your forgiveness for the sins that we did physically, the sins that we did emotionally, the sins that we did mentally. Ya Allah, we ask you to forgive us for our sinful actions, for our sinful desires, for our sinful dreams, for our sinful hopes, for our sinful fantasizing. Ya Rabbi Kareem, we ask you to grant us purity of thought, purity of heart, purity of mind purity of feelings, purity of speech, purity of tongue, purity of the eyes, purity of gaze. 
Ya Rabbi Kareem, that eye that is gazed upon your Qur'an. Ya Allah, how can that eye gaze at something that you have prohibited? Ya Rabbi Kareem, that eye that is gazed upon the Kaaba, how can that eye gaze upon something that you have forbidden? Ya Allah, Ya Rabbi Kareem, we ask you to restore to us the nur of our iman. We ask you to put us in a shadow, in a fortress and protect our iman. Ya Rabbi Kareem, we ask you to enter us into the fortress of the deen, enter into the fortress of sunnah, enter us into the fortress of taqwa. Ya Rabbi Kareem, we too want to fulfill your umid in this month. La'allakum tattakoon. Allah majallam min al-muttakeen. Ya Allah, make us amongst the muttakeen. Make us amongst the sabireen, the mutawakkaleen, the dhaqireen, the muhsineen, the awwabeen, the tawabeen, the dhaqireen, the mu'mineen, the muslimeen. Ya Allah, Ya Rabbi Kareem. Ya Allah, make us amongst the complete followers of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Ya Allah, increase our hearts and our love and our respect for the Qur'an and the Sunnah. Increase our hearts and our ilm and our amal on the Qur'an and the Sunnah. Grant us ikhlas in our ilm, ikhlas in our amal. Grant us istiqamat in our ikhlas. And grant us kubuliyat, grant us your acceptance in this world and in the akhirah. Ya Allah, Ya Rabbi Kareem, we ask you to make it easy for us to submit our nafs. Ya Allah, we ask you to guide us through the paths from your hidayah. Ya Allah, we ask you to make us people of mujahidah. Ya Rabbi Kareem, you yourself said in the Qur'an al-Kareem, فَإِنَّ مَعَ أُسْرِ يُسْرَى Ya Allah, due to our nafs, due to our deficiencies, we are finding it difficult to do amal on the deen. Ya Allah, you yourself said that every difficulty will be followed by ease. Ya Allah, in this month of Ramadan, strengthen our iman so much that it becomes easy for us to do amal on the deen. Ya Rabbi Kareem, we want to pledge ourselves to you. We want to commit ourselves to you. We want to surrender ourselves to you. Ya Allah, our nafs and shaitan are preventing us. Ya Rabbi Kareem, Grant us fatah, victory over our enemies. Grant us fatah, victory over our nafs and shaitan. Ya Allah, accept us amongst your kamal mu'mineen and kamal muslimin. Rabbana takabal minna innaka anta sameel alim. Watubu alayna innaka anta tawab rahim. Wa sallallahu ta'ala ala habibihi Sayyidina Muhammad. Wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in. Bi rahmatika ya arhamar rahimin.